Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. It is producer Liam here with you this morning and we have a very, very special show this morning. Um, obviously, it's it's the holidays, it's, it's just after Christmas. So the guys, we're all on break. We're, we're gone, we're not here. Uh, you're listening to, to something that I've done previously. So I've, I've, I've pre-recorded this earlier. So look, basically what's what's happening is is everyone needs a bit of a break um, every now and then. And, and we're taking our break now. But we do understand that there are some people that might not be having a break. There are some people that, that still need their Faith FM breakfast show every morning. So it is for that reason that we are continuing. Uh, we're still doing something for the show this morning. And uh, it's something that we've done before, but it's it's extra special because, you know, we're, it's, we're, we're really putting a bit of extra effort into it. So um, this morning, what we've got for you is two encounter with gods from, uh, I think this is from way back in August, I think. So... Plenty of, of, of quality stuff to, to dive into back uh, from back then. Um, we've also got a, a, one of our favorite interviews from the year. Um, basically, we're just going to be, for the next couple of days, we're just going to be getting some of our favorite uh, our, our favorite parts from the year and putting them together for you guys so that you can still enjoy us while we're away. Um, so, yeah, a, a really special interview coming up later on, so stay tuned for that. Um, but right now, we're going to kick off with uh, an encounter with God. And, the, yeah, like I said, this one is from August. So... Sit back and relax and enjoy, and Lyle and Minnie, it is over to you guys. Welcome back, everybody. It is Encounter with God section here on Faith FM. Let's go to our Bible study of today. Let's look for our first verse that we're going to look at today. We are talking about applying God's Word. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, an amazing promise right here that the Bible gives to us um, about what can what God can do within us. And when we talk about applying God's word, really in many ways it comes down to applying the promises that God gives to us. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so Ephesians 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. That's a good verse. Why is that a good verse? Oh, I just think there's so much hope and it's like, all the things that you can think about, no, no, no. God can do way bigger than this, and it's going to be through His power in you. I think it's a good just, verse oh. because of all of the redundant words yeah. in it. We had this yesterday. Yeah. I love, I love it when the Bible writers use redundant words. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. You know, you could read this. You know, now to him who is able to do above what we ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be correct, wouldn't but it? But it doesn't have the same effect. But it would be correct. It would be it? correct. It would be correct. Yes, accurate. Yes. But that's like it's like using the word better. Better gives you no scope of like actual improvement. Uh huh. You know. So if I, I don't know, if I never do any homework at school, which I didn't as much as I should have, and I do better, which could just be one day a week, I do like five minutes. I have done better. But that's not a lot better. It's really not, you know. <laughs> Five minutes. You know, it's really not. It's just like, oh, I'm doing something I've never done. Like, there's improvement, but there's not much. Yes, you know, if you you've can... never done it before, any kind of any kind of improvement is 100% improvement exactly. right there. So you could say here, God will do more. It could be like the teeny tiniest bit more, but it's still more. 
Yes. Like I had this thought to, I don't know, I can't think of an example, but I had a thought and God would do like a tiny bit extra. But but here it's like, no, 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 this is going to be so much more. Like, <laughs> you know, it's just, it is redundant, but it also, like how else would you explain it? So maybe these are not redundant words. Yes, maybe not redundant. Yeah. So maybe if it said, maybe if the Bible said, now to, now to him who is able to do above what we ask. If it just stopped there, it would not be incorrect. Mm-hmm. And we could assume that that was 1% above what we ask. Yes. And that would be the impression that we got, that it was 1% above what we ask. Um, it, it, would be, it would be correct. And we'd be like, oh, it's okay, it's 1% above. Mm-hmm. But when the Bible says exceedingly abundantly <laughs> above all that we ask or think, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay, that is not 1% above. No. No, that, that's right. That, that is language that is trying to express, you know, 10,000% above what we can ask or think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe these words are not mm. redundant words. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they need to be there to mm. be able to uh, give us the true gravity of, you know, the, of, of God's power. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so Romans chapter 8 and verse 32 is where we are up to next. Romans 8, verse 32. Okay, reads, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Okay. Why is this such a good verse? Why is it such a good promise? What's the promise here? In the verse. God is such a big giver. Okay. That's what I read. Uh Uh-huh. I'm like, he's like, I... I didn't even spare my own son for this, for your sake. Like, this is how much I want to lavish my goodness on you. Just imagine, just imagine what I want to do in your life through him now. Yeah. And this is something that we were talking about during the break. We have some great (laughs) in-the-break conversations here in the studio uh, about how that a parent, won't even hesitate to give their life. You know, the average parent won't even hesitate to give their life for their child. Mm. It's not even something they stop to, you know, there there are things that, you know, like for instance, martyrdom. Let yes. me use martyrdom for an instance. What would you do if you were called to be a martyr? What would you? How would you respond if, if uh, you were called to give your life for your faith in God? And when I think about martyrdom, I think, okay, first of all, I don't have that courage right now. Plain and simple, just don't have it. I'll be honest and put my hand up. Mm. Just, just, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm trying to be real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I consider something like that, and I say, Lord, I can't do it. I pray that when the time comes, you will give me the power then to be able to do what I can't do now. Mm. That's how I look at it. When it comes to my children and giving my life for my children, it's like oh, I wouldn't even blink. It's not even a question. It's not even. It's not even something you stop to even think about. Should it be that way? Probably not. But I'm a human and that's the way it is. That's just how I am. I'm being I'm being vulnerable here this morning and, and sharing with you just, just I guess, how, how I am. Yes. And here we have the father who gives his son. Mm. You know, we often think about the sacrifice that Jesus made. Who made the biggest sacrifice here? You know, really. Yeah. Who made the biggest sacrifice? Um, 
And not only did he give his son, but he gave his son to live on this earth for 33 years, to suffer on this earth. You know, it's just, it's just, there, there is, the, the, the worst thing that you can do is to be able, is to stand back when you have the power to intervene and see your child get smashed. Mm. I've never done that. But because the, if I have the power to intervene, I intervene. Yeah. <laughs> I've never held my back from intervening in those kind of circumstances. But I think that's what's something that is so um, absurd in how much God is willing to do for us, that he places such value on us that he goes, man, perfection had to be like brutally just disregarded by you. You know, like, but I value you so much that it was worth it. Like, what is that? Do you know what I mean? Like, that that God doesn't look at us and go, you weren't worth this. Because the fact that he makes this choice and Jesus makes this choice means that he goes, you are worth it. Like, what is that about? I can't I can't actually think about it too much because I'm just like, I don't get it. <laughs> but, it's, but at the same time, that's the thing that transforms my heart. You know, that's the thing that, that softens my heart to what God is trying to do in my life and other people around me. Yes. That, like, what were humans? And, and and we you know live on this speck of dust. Yes, yeah, yeah. Which is in the universe. It is just a speck of dust. And it's like, okay, Minnie, would you go and give your life for, you know, the little ants out there, the, the ant yeah. nest, the ant nest out there in mm-hmm. the middle of the yard. Absolutely. Let me go and find a random ant nest, Minnie. You can go give your life for them. Mm-hmm. Would you do that? Doesn't make any sense. No, I'd spray some more teen down there. <laughs> <laughs> problem yeah, yeah, solved. Yeah. No, you know absolutely. why didn't God just hit our world with more teen? Oh, problem solved. Sin's gone. Mm. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's all he had to do. But that's not in the character of God to do so. No. Which changes everything. Which is so different from our character. Mm. Yeah. And it's so how, – how, how, how do you wrap your head around that? I don't. <laughs> because I can't wrap my head around giving my life for an ant nest, a random ant nest in the yard. Mm. No matter how bad – you know, one of them stings me. It's like, yeah, you're probably going to cop some mortine down the hole, yeah. um, which is not nice. No, by God's grace, I would say, no, the ant was just doing its ant thing. Um, And the individual ant that stung me might get slapped and die as a result, but the rest of you can live. And that's, you know, that is actually how we operate. But, yeah, we are so different from God. We are so, so different from God. And the value he places on us is just, it's just mind-boggling. And I think if... We read that verse in this context then. This is massive that it's like, okay, I've done all of this and now I want you to be part of the work, that other people see that this is who I am. Do you know? And like, for a parent. Mm, yes, mm. that's right. Sorry, I went back. No, to, no, you go, keep I went, going. I went back to where you we were because <laughs> I was on a thought. As a parent, it's another level. Again, it's like, okay, there's a random ant nest out in the yard. Uh, I want you to go and give your life that. I'm like, no. <laughs> But if, they were, if, if if someone was to say, you need to give your child's life for that. Oh, yeah. So if you're a parent listening today, place that, put yourself in those shoes. And that's what God chose to do for us. Because as ants, he loved us mm-hmm. and valued us that much and could not bear spending eternity without us. Mm. Wow. Okay, I backtracked. Where were you up to? Oh, no, I was just saying that this is amazing that in that context of God being like, you're this valuable to me, mm-hmm. now I want you to be part of it. Now mm-hmm. I want you to have my power in you to go show everyone else 
what I'm like. Sure. Like, I was like, man, if I can do this, like, what, you think I won't use you? Yeah, that's right. Like, that's right. You know, I've gone to this extent, of course. And you think I won't give you gifts and you think I won't do good things for mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. Exceedingly, abundantly, uh, above what you can ask or think. Uh-huh. And this, this actually speaks, I think, really amazingly into when you're having a really just terrible day, whether that's because of your own headspace stuff is going on and it's just dark and miserable, whether that's external factors in life, when your fear or your insecurity is speaking into, I'm useless, you look at this and this is God going, no, 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 like you, you, I have a purpose for you. And that's very encouraging. That is super encouraging. That's amazingly encouraging. Okay, on those encouraging words, we are going to listen to Sarah Gracie. Um, She's bringing us her song, Ashes and Sand. Ashes and sin Come alive in your 
Welcome back, everybody. That was Sarah Gracie with Ashes and Sand. We were talking about the, uh, before we went to the break, the song break, we were talking about an illustration of an ant's nest and our relationship to an ant's nest and why we wouldn't give our lives for an ant's Mm. nest because, you know, we just don't value those ants enough. And uh, during the song, Bruce called in with uh, some comments. Um, And Bruce, uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, good. Bruce, what would you like to share? Well, number one, we shouldn't be thinking of it like an ant's nest because actually this world, you know, we've got to look at it in a relationship like you're mentioning about father and, and children, that we are the ultimate world that God has created. If you look at the creation of the earth, the last thing God created was the greatest was man, right? Yes. Well, not only in this world, but this is the whole universe. We're the last world that God's created. He's given us procreation that I believe no other world has and that because he was going to become one of us, this is part of his plan that God is actually becoming, as Jesus did, became a human being. And this is so deep yet so wonderful. We are so so in tune with God, more closer to God than any other creator, more than the angels, but we don't realize it. And this is what sin's deceived us. But when you start to think along those lines and get in tune with God, what he is wanting you to be and, you know, and your relationship with him, this is what it's all about. When you start to think, like you said, about your children, you give your life, that's what it's about. We actually are God's children closer than any because he's become one of us. And you know, you were talking yesterday about Romans 8.28 and whatever, but you miss Romans 1.8.29, where it says he predestinated us to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be firstborn among many brethren. We are to be just like Jesus in a sense as a son, a human of God, you know. not We're not God, we're his children. But we are so close, just like Jesus, and it's all about Jesus being our life. God is our life. We're just the dirt, and he's come into us, you know, and that's what God is revealing to the whole universe, that life that they have out there is actually God, is from God, and that's what he's trying to reveal, and that's why the Lucifer lost the plot when he thought he's going to be like God. He already was. He already had what he the highest position, but he lost it by trying to get it. And that's where we're losing it here on this earth as Christians, trying to to get salvation rather than believing we already have it because of what Jesus has done and because we're born again and it's him. It's all about him. And we've got to start letting go and letting God do it. So in, in, in other words, the only way that we could ever really truly understand the ant nest illustration is if we had actually created those ants ourselves and if they were our children. Well, we have to be an ant. You know what I mean? Because God made us in his image. You know, this is what I'm saying. You know, we're looking at an ant. That's a different thing. You it know? is. It like is a very we. different thing. And, and I, think, I think the important thing is that all illustrations are, you yeah. know, incomplete when it comes to you know, understanding God and understanding the power of salvation. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think you've, you've raised some really good points here this morning, Bruce, and brought some clarity to our discussion. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Oop, and uh, there goes our dodgy phone connection. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I think Bruce had some good thoughts there, Minnie. Yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that. Cause, and I think 
a lot of us do yeah like you said it's just an illustration it's like trying to understand the mind of god we yes. can't no like we just can't and so kind of trying to make things go oh maybe it was like this maybe it's like this but yeah those, those he brought out some good points there about okay we've, we're vastly different from yes um the ant nest the random ant nest out in the yard we're not you know there's there's, there's nothing random about this world yeah that's right that's right uh, it's here for a reason, and we are the pinnacle of creation on this world. Yeah, uh, we've been con- given dominion over this world um, as human beings to look after this world. The uh, and and as the highest order or level of of God's creation on this world, then we do we do sit in a very different uh, a different position. And as you said, you know, we've all been predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's what Jesus died for, and that's. His whole purpose is for that's what Christianity is all about is being transformed, being changed, and becoming like Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. I really no, appreciate awesome. those thoughts. Hey, yeah. guys, um, it's good to have. We had Waza called in a bit earlier. Um, always good when Waza calls in. Waza, of course, called in during the interview, so we couldn't put him on air. Um, but um, got Bruce calling in. If you've got thoughts that you'd like to share, our number is 1 800 324 843. Uh, you can also text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. So we've had some people texting in with some ideas. Well, some good interaction this morning. Yeah, Keep we'd it coming. Love to hear from you. Keep it coming. Great. That's why we have an open line here on Faith FM. Um, anytime you want to comment or share, just uh, please do so. All right, where are we up to? Our next verse is Second Peter chapter. We already did that. We did one that one yesterday. They've done it again. Okay, so we'll go to First John chapter one, verse seven to nine. First John chapter one verse seven to nine is the verses we're going to read today. Yes, we are. Okay, go for it. So, uh, verse seven. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Verse 10? Uh, that'll do. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right. So we've got some great promises here uh, mm. about applying the word in our life. Verse 9 in particular, Minnie, I need to ask you about this one. Oh, okay. Great promise right here, right? Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever applied it in your life? Yes, I have. Have you ever disbelieved it? Yes, I have. (laughs) Have you ever applied it multiple times for the same thing, not believing that the first time round it ever actually really happened? You know what, significantly. This was something, yeah, this was a really actually massive part of my life. Like last year there was a time and then it was this year I was reading. And, you know, you kind of learn that you can live forgiven, but I was Uh reading a book this year and it was oh so rebuking because it was literally like God has said, Therefore, claim it. You are. Just because you feel that you're not. like, And it was so like, ooh, yeah, okay, I know this. God has said it. So why why does my fear and feeling get to overrule what God has said? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but many times. What about you? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah absolutely. This is something <laughs> I struggled I struggled with for quite some time. You know, I commit a sin and it's a really bad sin and I feel really, really bad about it. Mm. And I'd go to God and ask for forgiveness and then I'd keep feeling really bad about it throughout the day. Yeah. And um, every time it came into my mind, I'm like, oh, I can't, I can't believe I did that. It's Please forgive so me. so bad. And I asked forgiveness for it like 20 times. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, and I'm sure God was like, okay, all right, <laughs> we dealt this. It's gone. Dealt with this on the first one. Uh-huh. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Because I've forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. The Bible, Okay, so think about the power of God. 
Mm-hmm. Is God powerful? So powerful. Is God's word powerful? Yes. When God speaks, does it happen? Absolutely. All right. So if God speaks your sin into non-existence, Doesn't does your exist. sin exist? No. If Okay. Uh, as a human being, can we truly forget stuff? Nah. No. It, it, even, yeah. even, even if we can't recall something to mind, it's still in our subconscious yeah. there somewhere. And you know... But let's say God. Can God do anything? Yes. Yes. Okay, so God can, mm. if he chooses to, actually forget something. Woo. So it's not actually in his subconscious. It's not actually there anywhere. It actually doesn't exist. My brain is like processing this one. All right. I don't disagree. I'm and just God like, says, God says, yeah. I will remember their sins no more. No more. He has the power to do that even though we don't. Oy. And when he forgives your sins... He forgets them. Yeah. Okay, they're recorded in the books of record in heaven. We, we, we get that. Um, but he's not remembering it. Mm. He's forgotten it. It's there for the purpose of the judgment. But he doesn't. he's like, what are you even talking about? Ah, oh, this message is so good. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey guys, it's me, Liam, again. Just jumping in real quick because I'm, I'm just letting you know that the, 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 what we've got next is a really special interview, one of our favorite interviews, interviews from the year that we did with Cameron Arnett from the movie Overcomer. Um, and the, the, the song that we're about to listen to actually features in that movie. It's a really, really special movie, but uh, Lyle is going to go into that a little bit more uh, when we come back from this song. So this is Lauren Daigle with You Say. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure Just the sum of every high and every low Remind me once again just who I am Because I need to know
taking all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet You'll have every failure, God You'll have every victory to a piece of music which was one of the theme songs in a movie that came out last year called Overcomer. And joining us on The Breakfast Show this morning is one of the actors from that movie, Cameron Arnett. Cameron, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate that. Now, Cameron, uh, the movie Overcomer, this is one of the Kendrick Brothers movies. Um, They're kind of, I guess, famous in Christian circles for movies like Courageous, Facing the Giants, Fireproof, War Room. I think a lot of our listeners would have heard of those movies. But we just want to hear a little bit about your story. How did you get started in acting in the first place? Wow. Uh, Quite a few years ago. I mean, I was a PMT law student in college. And um, I answered an ad uh, for, you know, just for, for fun for the summer. And I ended up in, entering a competition and I won like eight out of 10 competitions. And so I realized that this is something that I had a, a talent for. So I went into it. Um, however, that was more on the secular realm. And so between this t- now and then, um, I had done a lot of episodics, you know, Doogie Howser and the Star Trek, The Next Generation, those kind of things, movie of the weeks. And, um, so I was in, on, on the road to really, uh, uh, doing well in, uh, Hollywood. And I was, uh, actually doing a movie of the week in Toronto, Canada, when I heard from my manager that they wanted to see me for a television series. And I ended up getting the, the role and it would have been my first, uh, television series with my, you know, for a starring role, that kind of thing. And, uh, as I was about to go do that, I heard the spirit of the Lord say to me, um, that that's not what I, he wanted me to do. Why? Because they had asked me to do partial body nudity. And so when they wanted me to do the whole nudity thing, I said, well, I can't do that because I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. And, uh, the Lord said, no, uh, that's not, that's not what he asked for me. Um, but then they said to me that I wouldn't have to do it. They could, they would give me a body double. And so I thought that that was going to be the, the way to, to fulfill it. And then God said, you have to even shun the, the appearance of, uh, the appearance of evil. And so I dropped it and left Hollywood, left the industry, and uh, started two different churches in um, in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, back in 2013 is when God sent me back in to the filmmaking uh, uh, arena, but now only on the Christian side. And it's just been a phenomenal story ever since. 
That's amazing because we were just looking through your IMD profile, uh, my producer and myself, and we're like, this guy's got a bit of a gap in his uh, in his profile, and we were wondering whether that gap was a part of your story, and lo and behold, it is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, uh, uh, I think people when I, when they hear the story, you know, it's almost like when you take a look at the Bible, you deal with Abraham, you deal with with David, and there's a span of time between the promise and the fulfillment. And for me, I didn't even know that I was basically sowing it as a seed. And when I left, I never thought I'd be acting again. And so when I, you know, as far as teaching the word, I, which I love, and, and so I thought that I, I would be doing that from a pulpit perspective behind, you know, uh, the four walls of the church for the rest of my life. And I totally enjoy it. But uh, when God brought me back into the filmmaking on, on the Christian side, I, I almost said, I said no, and I almost didn't want to do it. Um, it was God himself that kind of like, uh, uh, really revealed to me that that's, that was the, the, the role that he had for me. And, um, so I went to that first audition for the, uh, a Christian film. And since I think 2013, I may have done at least 20 films by now. Yeah, that's amazing, and we want to uh, talk about some of those ones, particularly some of the ones that are coming up. Um, particularly want to talk about Overcomer today. Um, and uh, as we mentioned earlier, this is one of the Kendrick Brothers movies. Just a quick question. Back in the 1980s, when you first started your career in acting, mm-hmm. was there the opportunity for being involved in Christian films that exists today? Not at all. You know, as a matter of fact, I didn't even know of any of that at the time. You know, um, not that I was concentrating on Christian film at the moment, but, you know, but I was a Christian and I would have definitely loved to do it. You know, now looking back, there were people that were involved, but it was so underground, so unknown, and, and so also very basic of how it was being portrayed. But now it has come full circle, whereas uh, people like the Kendricks, people like the Irwins are at the top of the game and uh, they're doing excellent work. And sometimes even I, I try to tell Christians, some you know, we have a tendency to compare one with the other when you talk about the Christian or the secular. But the Christian are doing so much better because they have so much less to do it with. Yes, 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 indeed. And, you know, to be honest, you know, I remember seeing some really basic kind of Christian movies from back in the 1980s and, you know, when Courageous comes out, I'm like, I don't want to watch that because, you know, I've seen how, how basic they've been in the past, not realizing that, as you say, these guys are really at the top of their game and these are very, yeah. very well put together, um, put together productions. Just a, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess, you know, as an actor today, What's your primary goal when you are, you know, being part part of a movie and you know portraying a particular character? Well, right now, my my main interest is that I get to represent Christ with the gifts and the talents that He gave me to begin with. And so now, everything about a film that I look for is what is it saying about Jesus? How is it leading people to Him? And what kind of truth is it bearing on the hearts and the minds of anybody who will watch? And so I get an opportunity now to be in the midst of, of what I know he's anointed me to do and to know that each and every word, each and every uh, perspective from, from beginning to end is going to bring someone closer to Christ, is going to make someone see how to live the life by watching it on screen. You know, we, we get a, a perspective in when, when we take a look at, at Laban and, and uh, Jacob and that whatever you put before the people is what they become. And so now, because of Christian films, people can actually go 
to see a movie or, or get it as a DVD, get it on video on demand, whatever, and be transformed by being able to watch uh, Christianity lived out on screen and get an understanding of how to actually apply it in their lives. And that, to me, is a, is a, is a fabulous thing. Yeah, praise God. That's just amazing. I did notice that one of your upcoming roles uh, is a movie called Angels Unaware. Um, uh-huh. And in this one, my understanding is that you've been cast as Lucifer. How does how does that work and how does that feel? <laughs> I mean, what, what a turn of events, right? From Thomas Hill... To Lucifer, um, you know, what, <laughs> and, and I guess my follow-up what, question you know, is: How do you glorify Christ in that role? Mm-hmm. And that's exactly, oh, man, good question. Because that's what 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 uh, um, attracted me to play the role is that in the process of the writing, in the process of putting it together, it was collaborative, meaning that the the the, the director, the the uh, the uh, the writers um, uh, received my input. And, and I have a, a specific goal that I want to do with that role so that Christians can see him for who he truly is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, God, God has had, when the Bible says that he's four principalities, um, within that word means that he divested himself wholly from, which means that what's, what the anointed cherub, Lucifer, was, got he, everything that was in him that was anointing, Jesus pulled out of him and he fell to the ground. Yes, and so who he really is now is so uh, minuscule compared to what he was, and he continues to deceive the saints into thinking that he's something that he's not. And so for me, that attracted me because I was going to be I'm, I'm I'm going to be able to bring that to bear to light in this uh, uh, in the series, and so that's how I think God is glorified. But also in the fact that see what happens with 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 uh, Christian filmmaking. If regardless of what happens in the middle or, or within the piece, it's what the message of the entire piece is. So if you want to, if you want to make a, a, a film on David's life, we understand there are so many things that David did that were not right. But the, the message at the end of it is that God is glorified. Yes. And that's what I look for in everything. So sometimes you may have to play the, the character that is evil, but the bottom line is that the story is that is that good triumphs over that evil. And it's impossible. And so that in, in the most, say again? Uh, no, you, you go, you go. No, no, and, and, and that's what's important, I think, in, in the Christian uh, filmmaking is that is that the reality of God being Lord and Savior and King is, at the, is the message throughout. And so regardless of what happens in between, uh, we understand who wins and who God is and that we can trust him and that he's dependable, he, and he confirms his word. Yes, I was just going to, to to comment there that it's you know it's impossible to tell the story of how good Jesus is without actually you know telling the story of the bad things that have happened here on this earth and behind the scenes, you know, with Satan and his angels and their involvement as well. Um, so it's it's an integral part of the story. It's just a necessary part of the story. You can't, you can't do it. Yeah, let's let's move on to. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's also part of what has made people in the past not like to see Christian films because sometimes we don't want to show the, the dark and the evil side that, that Christ triumphs over. We just want to start off as if nobody ever did anything wrong. And so now people that are in the world are able to see the whole gamut and see themselves, find themselves 
in the story and then understand now how to find that redemption. Yes, absolutely. While we take a quick break, let's listen to one of your key scenes from the movie that presents a pivotal point in this uh, presentation. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune in to my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001 helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after the breakfast show right here on Faith FM. Sean, if I asked you who you are, What's the first thing that comes to mind? I'm a basketball coach. And if that's stripped away? Well, I'm also a history teacher. Okay. We take that away. Who are you? Well, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And God forbid that should ever change. But if it does, who are you? I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Um... I'm a white American male. <laughs> yeah, well, that's for sure. <laughs> Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. And what's that mean? It means follower of Christ. And how important is that? It's very important. Interesting. All right, so far down your list. Okay, wait a minute. I could have easily said Christian first. Uh, yeah, but you didn't. Look, John. Your identity will be tied to whatever you give your heart to. Doesn't sound like the Lord asked first place. You're calling me a bad Christian? Let me be a little direct. Last time you were here, you said you'd pray for me. Did you? No. No. For someone who knows the Lord, you're acting like somebody who doesn't, which makes me wonder. What have you allowed to define you. When you lost your team, it didn't just disappoint you, it devastated you. Something or someone will have first place in your heart. But when you find your identity in the one who created you, change your whole perspective. Looking for an easy way to share a program with a friend? Tell them about the free Faith FM app where they can easily listen to hundreds of programs and podcasts. Uh, Cameron, I want to move mm -hmm. on to your latest role in the movie Overcomer. Uh, and mm -hmm. I'm just wondering whether you can give us a, a, just a, a brief rundown without too many spoilers um, of what is taking place. And then I want to spend a little bit of time exploring some of the themes that come out of this movie. So here you're cast as the father of a troubled child, 
Um, there is mm-hmm. a coach who has lost his team. Just give us a little bit of a, uh, a, a brief synopsis of Overcomer. Well, you know, you find this character by the name of Thomas Hill who has gone through all of the gamut of, of, of whether you're talking about drug dealing, whether you're talking about abuser, all of the above, and have had such a checkered past uh, that nobody, that everybody wrote him out and he wrote himself out. But in the midst of that, losing his sight, losing uh, his, his, his health, uh, he uh, ran into the only person that could make a difference, that Jesus Christ. And it shows that in the, in the midst of all of his issues, what him having his identity in Christ did to his life in that while he is uh, um, in dire straits, he's in the hospital, you name it, but he's the only one that has life that can change anybody's life. And we see that in the process of, 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 of John, which is um, uh, Alex Kendrick's character meeting him and everything else. And, and within that, um, God gives him the opportunity to uh, overcome and to, and to meet and to, to be a part of um, his daughter's life, which, you know, at the end of his days ends up being part of the most beautiful thing within the story of God's redemption and how God can bring back and, 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 and take out of the, 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 the muck and the mire of, of that we created out of, out of our lives into something that is still redemptive, something that is still beautiful and that gives life even at the end. It's almost like a Samson perspective, you know, whereas at, at the very end of his life, even though he had messed up, he was still able to find one moment where he glorified God and that changed the trajectory of the life of a whole bunch of people. And that's what you find in Thomas Hill, and that's what you find in his daughter. Yes, and really this covers the last uh, six weeks of Thomas Hill's life, I think it is. And uh, Correct. Just, just one curious question from an acting perspective. How challenging was it to engage with your audience when your entire role is for the entire movie is, is, is acted from a hospital bed? Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, I get that question all the time because you know, you, you, I wasn't allowed to really to move uh, because of the, the state of the affairs of the character, and um, of course, by the time that you know we meet Thomas in the hospital, he's blind, and so you know, uh, being in, in the bed and also being blind and not being able to react or or uh, to uh, have a, uh, a a rational perspective of seeing the people within the room and that kind of thing. It was the challenge, you know, and I, I did a lot of, of, of practicing, uh, researching and um, attempting to, to play it in real life. Uh, I mean, my wife and I would go to the airport and, you know, we, when we travel and I'd act like I was blind, even at the airport to see if, if I could pull it off. And um, so there's a lot of places that I would do that. And um, so, you know, it, it took time. But, you know, I, again, it, it's really uh, the anointing of God that shows up that enables you to do any of that. And so I drew a lot on, on just knowing that, that God has anointed me and God has called me. And so I committed to it. And, and, um, that's, you know, a review that I got was from a, um, nurse who worked with the blind. And she said, man, I thought, you know, I was going to tell the, the Kendrick brothers uh, how much I appreciate the fact that they found a blind person to play this role. And so, um, she actually thought that I was, and being that she works with the blind all the time, to me that that was the, the greatest review I could get. Yeah, absolutely. I can. I, I honestly felt the same when it when it first started off. I'm like, okay, I know this guy. I spoke to him yesterday. Um, I'm pretty sure he's not actually blind, but I'm I'm suddenly I'm suddenly feeling a little bit unsure about that. Um, <laughs> the, the probably the most pivotal point in the movie for me 
you know, just exploring some of the major themes was when from the hospital bed, you challenge uh, John Harrison, the coach, on his Mm -hmm. identity. And when you do that, it comes across as being so real. I guess the question that goes through my mind is, were you ever yourself in a – was this something that was real for you? In your past experience, have you been where John Harrison was as kind well, of I – think, I, think, I think we all have, though. You know, I mean, when we get born again, there is that euphoria that is – there is that the, the, the sky is bluer, the grass is greener, and we get through this incubation stage as a babe with God – but then as we begin to matriculate through the process of church and, and life, you know, we, we uh, have a tendency to um, um, kind of muddle through, you know. And uh, uh, I think sometimes when we get around also the religious side of, of Christianity, it kind of waters down the, um, the, the total impact that we first had with God. And I think we all muddle through, whether it's career, whether it's anything else that we, we do, um, that we find ourselves that that's where our identity comes from. When you ask somebody how they're doing, they tell you, you know, what work they've been doing, especially men. And so, um, yeah, I think we've all been there. And I, especially in, in the question that, that is posed, you know, you said that you would pray for me. Mm. And, and I think a lot of Christians find themselves, you know, saying one thing and doing another or, or forgetting or not being as committed to, uh, their promises or to their word. And for me, one of the things that because of that in my past, in my past life, one of the things that I had always committed to was when people asked me to pray, to pray right then and there, because I know that that's also kind of the, the possibility is just forgetting and just moving on to something else. And so I had changed that in my life. So it was very real to me because it was something that I had already changed because of it um, being, uh, a, a circumstance of the reality of, I think, uh, a Christian's life is that sometimes we we let people down by not keeping our word. And so when that happens and it begins to hurt you, it's because God is convicting you. And so um, that that made the question very real to me. Absolutely, I, I, it was an it was an amazing scene and one of the most pivotal scenes in the in the whole movie. There's also, I, I guess, just exploring that uh, that whole identity scene because, of course, you know, Coach Harrison he finds his identity in the fact that he's a coach, and you know, it's like, well, what happens if that disappears? Um, which you know, mm-hmm. us as men, we find our identity in what we do, but then it moves on to. Yeah. Uh, the runner that he is, uh, the, the cross country runner that he's coaching, who mm-hmm. kind of has no mm-hmm. identity. One of the, one of the, I guess the more subtle identity theme that I saw coming through was with the grandmother. And when you mm-hmm. come into the picture as the father who hasn't been in the picture for a long time, it comes across yeah. to me that she is threatened with losing her identity as a mother to this girl because now this girl has a father in the scene. Is that an intentional? I mean, to me, that was a, a very powerful but very subtle um, commentary on this whole identity theme. Uh, was that something that was intentionally a part of the movie? Well, you know, yes, in a sense of this. Alex Kendrick is, you know, both he and Stephen are phenomenal storytellers. They're great writers. They, um, they're very, uh, il- illustrative, um, within the writing. And so, um, what they put together was so well knitted, um, that every, you know, one of the things that I say to people all the time, if you watch this movie, you will be able to find yourself at different parts of your life in every character. There's 
something that they do there, something that they say there, the way that they are acting and being that you'll be able to see no matter where you are in your Christianity and your, your work with Christ, you'll be able to find yourself in the peace. And I think with the grandmother, you, you, you nailed it on the head is that not only is, uh, does she have other issues of what happened in his past, but yeah, but if he comes in, then there's also a, 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 a detachment from her and she's been this girl's world. And now, you know, she doesn't get to be that anymore. And there's a, a piece of that that's within that. And I think the, the, the actress Denise Armstrong, um, um, uh, did such a great job in, in, uh, uh, uh living that out and, and bringing all those pieces, uh, the, the, the nuances to, to that character. And, uh, so you start finding in every area and every, in every person, their either their identity in Christ or their identity in something or someone else that they didn't know until Thomas Hill came into the story. The other powerful theme that comes through in this movie, of course, is the theme of forgiveness. And as, you know, the various characters learn to forgive, particularly, um, you know, Hannah Scott, the, the, the runner, and then, of course, the grandmother, as they learn to forgive, they find their true identity. Um, mm-hmm. How important has it been for you in your experience to learn forgiveness? Oh, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, it, it only makes you deeper and it makes you realize, because again, I think, like I said before, you get to see the application, um, on screen. And while you're, you, while you're walking through the, the role itself and, and, and everything else, you, for me personally, it makes you connect with all of the people in your life. It makes you connect with all the things that you've done or, or that's been done to you and all these areas in which you now can see the need, you can see the application, you can see, um, uh, the process of, of, of getting all of that forgiveness and that, 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 uh, praying for others and, and all, you know, all of that comes into play. And that's part of the, um, what I love about doing these films is that the growth, not only as an actor, but as a human in our relationship to Christ and, and to the word, um, it's, it's like you're in a, a, a crucible. You, you're, you're actually being grown because you're doing these roles in a part of this. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a blessing all the way around. Mm, absolutely. Cameron Arnett, we are out of time. Thank you so much for joining us here on The Breakfast Show this morning. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. That was Cameron Arnett from, um, well, an actor with quite a variety of different roles he's been playing, but most recently in the movie Overcomer, which, of course, is available for locally here in uh, Better Books and Foods or any good Christian bookstore or available online right around Australia. Right now, we will continue with the show. We'll be back after this song and the 8 o'clock news. You're listening to Faith FM. inside me and you call me out to pull me in you tell me I can start again and I don't need to keep on hiding I'm fully known and loved by you you won't let go no matter what I do and it's not one or the other It's hard truth and ridiculous grace to be known Fully 